Marvel DC, Marvel DC, Marvel DC, 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 Marvel, 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 no image or dark horse. ดิสกัสเดอะฮัลโหลดิสกัสเดอะฮัลโหลเฮ้ยเอเวอร์บอดี้วอลคัมทูดิกจ๊ะวอลคัมทูดิกจ๊ะวอลคัมทูดิกจ
uh, Exodus. Exodus and Elixir came, and then they brought him back to life. And so now he is basically in hiding. And while he is in hiding, he has recruited the o- the Y5. And the Y5, um, I guess we are through... I didn't realize this, but the Y5 was brought in right after they had fought Magneto the first time back in the past. So they are still kind of like, you know, oh, this is the first time that, you know, we remember Magneto being this bad guy. Granted, they've been in the normal timeline for super long And they now, know Magneto. And is, they know Magneto. Yeah. So, so to have that kind of like weirdness about it it's kind of it's kind of strange in its in itself i, I get it they're, they're, bun is trying to play with that a little bit to give a little bit more angst it would have worked had we not had two volumes before that where they've been with the x-men and knew magneto was on the side of kind of good because you gotta remember he was with aligned with cyclops and i think the fresh idea would be really cool had it come out when the first volume came out but whatever that is what he has dealt, and that is what we're going with. Yep. And they're out of Madripoor, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Magneto has secret plans of his own. He wants to get these kids back to whatever timeline they came from. But is that a good thing, or is that a bad thing? Do you think... Because his motivations are really kind of... Um, we don't know what his motivations we don't know are. Yet. You know, we don't know. He seems like it's uh, just an earnest reason why he's doing it. He wants but they don't know it either. But they don't know. You know, they don't know... Um, that he's that he's secretly doing this, and and in their adventures they have met a new mutant, which is cool, and then they met new Sentinels, and an old villain came back. A couple uh, old villains. Couple came old back. villains. So yeah. first one we had them fighting Juggernaut and Black, Black Tom, Tom, in which we got to see Hank use his mysticism, which I really do believe is a fantastic addition to this character. I love that each one of the characters seems to be getting something. Uh, unique to each of them, except for Scott for some reason. See, and this is where I think it's coming in for Scott. Scott's on two teams with a group of all new kids that he's never, you know, never really met. So he's trying to, I think this Scott is trying to expand his horizons instead of just being with the same five that he's always been with. This new Scott is going into new situations, being in the champions. I see this Scott not being such a stick-in-the-mud douchebag like the old Scott was. Because when you look at the other ones, like Bobby's trying something new, Beast is trying something new, Angel has his new wings in his new place, Marvel Girl is, for the first time, the leader, she's more powerful, she's kind of scared about the Phoenix, and I think Scott is just trying to become a better Scott. Like, Past writers have really tried to nail in. He's trying to become a better Scott. I think the Scott we see now during Resurrection and teaming up with Hulk and Ms. Marvel and Vision's daughter, Vib, I like this new Scott, and I never was a fan of Scott at all in the last couple decades. That's why I think he might not have a new power set, but I think they're trying to try something new with his character. And I appreciate that. I... Like you, when we when we used to sit and review, if you go back and listen to some of the old all-new X-Men's, we really had a problem with these kids still being here. I'm enjoying these kids now because of their new directions and their new power sets and what they're trying to do. I'm enjoying this book. Blue, a little bit more than I am gold, even though gold has all the characters I love. 
the storytelling in gold is what's holding me back from loving that book. I, I would agree. Um, so a little bit more is what's been going on in blue. Uh, they met Bastion, and we get to see that uh, the Sentinels are back. Bastion's trying to protect the mutants. Only so they can pop, repopulate and get to a bigger amount so he can kill them all. Yes, I love so, that twist. That was cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting as well. And what um, ruined that great moment for me was gold having that new sentinel yeah it's like at the end of you four ju you just spun this really cool idea about bastion and then you go and put another sentinel that is lackluster in gold yep i agree uh i agree um so after that we get to see um it was that. Then we got to see Wendigo, which I thought was really, really great. And then the hint to... This crazy person trying to kill the Wendigo. With, uh, uh, with, uh, with razor claws. And so, of course, we knew who it was. It is the... And this, this is what happened in issue four. It is... Um, Jimmy Hudson. Who is Wolverine's son from the, age, from, from the Ultimate, Ultimate Universe. Universe. So he has... And I love it because back before the Ultimates was gone... The O five went to the Ultimate Universe and, and met him with him and met him and, and met him. So they knew him from the Ultimate travel, Universe, right? But but they're like, why is he here now? And I and I don't know if they know that the Ultimate Universe has been destroyed or merged with them mm -hmm. or what. I don't think so. No one knows. None of these people know. At least, <laughs> uh, it was kind of it was. I like the way he doesn't remember Excuse things me. and they remember him. And the way the trust had to come. Because they meet him, and of course, what does every good guy versus good guy do when they meet? They fight. They have to fight. It's a trope. <clears throat> we know it. But it didn't last long. And how he got taken out is another reason I am really enjoying this. Bobby is finally fucking doing something. He saw what the Age of X people did. He saw how that Iceman controlled the golem. And he did it himself. He became the golem. He became the golem, and it was really fucking cool. Well, he was around. The, he was. I mean, they were in Canada, and it was snowing, and you know, it was just. It was good. Like he actually used the 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 world around him to increase his power set, and that's what I liked about it as well. I totally agree with you. And I'm liking Bun's take on these kids and the way they interact now. Uh, the wings, the wings in the in the the fire, the fire with melting, melting the, the snow. I mean, like stuff like that was really cool because yeah, like his wings actually give off heat now, and like and he's and he has to be aware of it, and I like he that. has to be able to shut it off. How does he sleep? He does. I guess he doesn't anymore. <clears throat> so he sleeps standing up. He sleeps yes. or upside down. <laughs> or upside. He's not a fucking bat. So <laughs> he this, sleeps in a nest. I gotta say, the new artist Julian Lopez. It's his first. Uh, it, it's his first issue on the book. And some of the designs, like the jacket Scott wears uh, that has the X on it, yet Jean wears her, you know, the hoodie. With the bomber. The, with the belt. I like that. Again, Warren doesn't need a jacket. He's fire, keeps him warm. The The way he drew Jean, I really liked in here. I like the, the, the look of the costumes in this book now. Um... I like this artist, and I like the way he draws certain people. Now, he draws Bobby weird. I know he's drawing him as ice, and that's what it's supposed to be. It just was a little weird. Um, and I like this new... I don't I don't remember her name. The, the cop. Sheriff. The sheriff. I like them 
interacting with what we think is a human, though Jean couldn't read her mind. After she's like, no, don't. And then, you know, she makes a thing, I couldn't break through. Kira Lee. So then they go, and it was really cool because I knew what was going on because we've read comics so, so long. But for people that are, a lot of people are just picking these up because they're new number ones. So they don't understand what's going on. And Bobby has to say, how come nobody is giving us a second glance? And of course, we already know why. Gene is, you know, tweaking everyone's perceptions of what people see. Because here's a giant guy with, you know, flaming wings that would not freak out. And then... But they can't get they can't get close to him because they get burnt up, though. That's what's so funny. It's like, wow, Why sir, is this guy so warm? Yeah, you have a warm body, sir. Uh, and then the new Marauders show up, which is interesting. I was reading about this. Why they wouldn't have taken the new Marauders. The world they're from, the Marauders were a KKK hate group or uh, something like that. So it is weird that they would, if they're calling themselves the Marauders, that they would use that because on their world, they weren't good people. But but they, these are the ones that were from the Ultimates, right? Correct. So yeah. uh, the Guardian was actually in Ultimate X, which was where yeah. Jimmy came from. Yeah. That version of Armor and Mach 2, they were actually in the Ultimate X-Men. Yeah. And Quicksilver had joined them after the whole. Remember Ultimatum and which I think is weird. I I don't now. There's two Quicksilvers running around. There's two. There's two uh, armors as armors well. as well. So that's uh, bizarre. And that's yeah. I like the idea of them being from the universe, and they know Jimmy, and they're there for him. I really can't wait for the next oh, yeah. issue. Yeah, Bun is clearly uh, knocking out of the park, and, and this to, isn't Bendis. No, I said Bun. You said Bendis. Oh, I thought I said Bun. Sorry, no. Ben. Bun, Bun Bendis did not knock it out of the no, park. No, he did not. Bun is knocking it out of the park with with this uh, iteration of of the Y five, and I cannot wait to read more about it. And in contrast to Gold, which I think and Rich and I have talked about this in the spinning in, in its gold, wheels. In, well, it's spinning its wheels and moving right along at a breakneck speed yeah, it for has, no reason. Though. Right, it has such great potential, but it doesn't let anything breathe. No, it doesn't. It doesn't allow any of the plots or anything they brought up to breathe. It just three issues of. This new version of the Brotherhood, bam! And now we're on to Gambit and the new Sentinel, bam! And it has such great potential, and it's got what we really want in it. But we're so used to Chris Claremont's going on it forever to build a plot that this new, really condensed storytelling is... I think where we're at now should be issue seven, not issue five. Well, you can do condensed writing. That's not that's not a that's not a problem. I really don't think it is. It just has to be leading to something, and it just seems like like there's no it, number one needs to be leading to something, and number and number two it needs to be um it needs to be I don't say gratifying, but it needs to be there has to be some more impact to it. And it just seems like these really the first three issues there was just no impact. Well, what. A wasted opportunity is Amara. I love her. I love Magma. And why was she with them? And then it's like, okay, she shows up, bam. They get defeated, bam. Oh my God, I was... I think that issue four of Gold, where they were actually talking... Like, Kitty was talking to her, was good. It was just too short. Agreed. And someone mentioned, you know, you've got all these great characters. Can we count on one hand how many times Nightcrawler has spoken? I like the play between Colossus and Kitty. I really like that, that him wanting to get back and her no, and she's like, well, maybe. 
it's just little moments that that need more. I just feel I like it's double shipping. Well, then use that to your advantage to flesh out your plot points. Don't use that just to move along the story. And but that's again, I just we just don't know where the story's going. You know. Oh no! In in blue, we know it's a slow build. They're doing what Magneto wants. They're stopping bad guys. They're being heroes. And it's slowly building, and we don't know to what. But with the addition of Jimmy, we already know he's going to be on the team because they need a Wolverine, of course, and they need that. I really hope that there is not a three-way love triangle because I like Scott not being with Gene. They've already said it. I think they're going to be together. I think it's going to be Gene and Hank. And that's fine. Is that the triangle? Build a triangle. Build a new triangle. Maybe it's Warren. Warren is with X, so I don't think so. Mm, they haven't been together in a while. I actually like that combination. I really want to see more. I wish it was X-23 as the Wolverine in this book and not Jimmy. I agree. There doesn't seem to be a reason why he needs to be there. Mm-mm. But, Mm-mm. oh well. We we digress and we move on. But right. I gotta say, as, as an X fan, I am enjoying reading my two X books a month. Like, that is really... Especially Blue. I can't believe Blue is just... Oh, and can I just speak real quick as to what has happened to Storm? Sure. Um, we went from Storm being the leader of the all-female team to now being at, you know, Scott dies. So she is now, like, she is the Professor Ororo. And I think her character in the last probably year has been so just... Miss, yeah, written. She's had a regression for a character. Just what is up with her? She's had a regression. They they have regressed her character. They put her into the background. It's sad. She's such a strong character, and now she's you know she's relegated to the background, and I don't know why. I love that Kitty is in charge, but I think Kitty, she's the professor. Okay, whatever. She's in charge of the school. But even when Professor X, we're going back to the 90s here, even when Professor X was still the leader and he had the blue and the gold and Storm was in one and Scott was in the other. I don't yeah. remember which was which. Everyone relied on each other's... Like she, she called the shots, but I just feel like Storm is now this poor little withered flower and what has happened to our powerful Storm? Well, I think that Kitty should be deferring to her a little bit more than she does. I like it that Kitty's strong and she's doing stuff, but and I'm, they're trying to make Kitty, you know, stand out and be her own. But I think that she, it's a team. They should be talking to each other. Kitty should not be doing it all herself, you know. And I think that's the thing. She asked Storm to stay, yet she is not using her. Right. It's like right. they're not writing it so that she is using her. So that literally Storm is just up in her attic watering her plants. It's like, come on. And then goes out to fight and then comes back in. So, yeah, I need, again, I need more. I need more character development and, gold. and progression, not regression. I think that's what we're getting. That's the difference. Another difference, but we're getting character progression in blue, and we're getting we're not getting that in gold. Well, Nightcrawler regression. He comes back from the dead. He joins the team, and now he's on Kitty's team. He had. Oh, more... he misses fly the plane. Oh yes, I forgot he flies the plane now because Forge is gone. But I think in Excalibur. It really worked between Kitty, Nightcrawler, and Colossus because they still worked together. Well, they were a team. This is this is literally Kitty and the X Men. Is what it's 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 what it is. It's how it reads to me. Kitty and the X Men, and I don't like that. 
I really feel that in blue, it is a team. They are they are actually even a though team. Magneto is the ultimate, and then Jean is the team leader, but people still work together. Like how they seeing, took, but we're not seeing Magneto, and I like that Magneto's off doing his own thing, and we're really see. I was worried that Magneto's going to be like front and center. But I'm no. glad he's. Not. I love him, 100% but I'm glad agree. he's not. I agree too. And when he comes back, it's gonna his his absence is noticed, and when he comes back, it's gonna cause that much more damage or or, or not damage, but but. An impact. And exactly, a well, much impact. The other thing about Blue is they're the ones that are going after Emma. So I'm excited that that will be, because I think they really killed Emma's character really badly. Like, Well, we can talk a whole other hour about, uh-huh. about the character assassination, that, that that is what happened to Emma Frost. I mean, it's just, uh, so. and again, I cannot wait for her to come in. I cannot wait to see what the writers do with her, because it's well, going to be, be a long haul. Yeah. Let's see if we can do some redeeming. Exactly. So the next book we're going to talk about are more superheroes. They're just little girls. It's the Powerpuff Girls. Woo! From IDW. Number one. Written by Haley Mancini and Jake Goldman. Art by Philip Murray. Lettering by And World Productions. Uh, There are two covers. There's actually three covers because Funko, they're doing a Funko subscription cover as well. For For a lot of their books. Oh, yeah. I'm actually getting all the Funko of covers. You are. I love them. They're so cute. Even books I don't even read. <laughs> so, uh, The Time Tie is a miniseries. It's three issues, I believe. Each girl is going to get her own issue. The first one is. It's like Batman through time. Yes, it really is. <laughs> Literally. It's like I was reading it and I totally flashed back to Batman in time. When he died and he had yep. to come back to the years. And he had to come years. back to the years, which was, I didn't, I, I did not like that. I thought it was very bizarre, but I totally got that with this. Mojo Jojo uses the time tie. It's a and, tie. And sends them back into the past. To each different it's weird. timelines. Yeah, but 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 they're different timelines of the city. Yes. Which, uh, was it Townsville? Yep. Which I thought was so cute. I was like, aww. Which here was called Stink. It's called Welcome to Fish Stench Cove. Yeah, because because this was the first time they get the name. That Blossom names it. She's like, let's go with Townsville. Yeah, and I thought that was really... But did you see it was so weird? The mayor looked exactly the same. Right. What was that about? Well... It's, it's like, literally, he's, he's, he's like a great, 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 great grandfather or something. And that's all they look like. It's hilarious, and it's just, I thought it was cute, and what was it, Kip, Kid, Kid, Kid Kitty? Kid Kitty. Oh, the villain? Yeah, the yeah. villain was Kid Kitty, and I love that name. She I'm had like, a little lasso, she had a sharp hat. She had a hat with, like, she was like, um, what was it, Kit Kat, not Kit Kat, uh, from uh, Roger Moore, who passed away, bye-bye Roger Moore, R.I.P., and uh, he was in, uh, I think it was a Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, the bowler hat. The bowler hat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Like, I'm sitting there on the train reading this book, and I I, I never would have picked it up. I never would have read it. I'm probably not going to read the rest of them. I might pick it up as a trade, but it was just, it was cute. It, it was a really cute story. It's an all-ages story. It I really think, is. I think children would, would, would really, really enjoy it. I just love, I love the way they draw Mojo Jojo. I've always been a fan of Mojo Jojo. I love Mojo Jojo. I just love saying his name, Mojo Jojo. So it was it's it was a good good first issue. The next one is is uh Blossom in uh or uh, Buttercup, Buttercup in uh Pirate Days. Pirate Days. She's in the Pirate Days and they have to use the uh what was it? The the Chrono the Chrono Gem or something what what was it called? Something like that. But did you know how she got back? 
she used that it was the an homage to Back to the Future Three. She was on a train and yep. then she and she and she used the train to get back in time. Gotta get back in time. Uh, watch it. No, nope, I know. I don't want to get sued. Nope, no getting sued. So really fluff issue. Really fun. If you're a fan of the Powerpuff Girls, pick it up. It's not an ongoing. You don't gotta slog through fifty issues of it. But it's fun. It is just a fun issue. Yeah, that's the Funko version. Yeah, because it. because Mojo Jojo is playing with Funko versions of the Powerpuff Girls, and I thought that was so cute. Yes, it's just a fun issue. It's not. It's it's not rocket science. It's not gonna you know change the world. But it's fun. If you got kids, if you're a kid at heart, pick it up because you you know you you won't be disappointed. It's it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Now this next book we're going to review is not for kids. Oh God, it is definitely not for kids. Oh. Um, it is Venom number one fifty. It 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 is a um giant sized issue. Three packed stories. Three stories. Uh, and covers. Oh, uh, it has a cover gallery of all hundred and fifty issues of Venom in all of its mini starts and stops. But this version, and I'm I'm really sad that it came in damage, was a Scotty Young version, and it's it's Venom licking a Spider-Man pop. And it was so cute. Lollipop. Lollipop. But unfortunately, it was damaged. Unfortunately, Diamond doesn't know how to pack anything. No, they don't. For a Monopoly. Yeah, they don't. They really don't. So but, the first story was drawn by one of our favorite artists. Uh, Trad Moore. But you got to get to the... Yes, Trad Moore, who who was famous for or uh, was famous for, for for uh, Luther drawing Strode. Luther Strode for Image. Pick it if, up. if you have not exactly, if you have not picked up all three, it is a trilogy. The trilogy is over. You can come and pick them all up at whatever or, or your local comic book store. It is great. Pick it up. 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 So it's a uh, Venom Heart of Darkness. It is writer was Mike Costa. Uh, artist was Trad Moore. Color was Felipe Cerebrio. Letterer was VCs Clayton Cowles, and the cover artist was Gerardo Sandoval. And there was a ton, a ton, a metric ton of variant covers because it's it's issue one hundred and fifty. So uh, the second version was was drawn by uh, Sandoval, written by Robbie Thompson, and the artist, oh the color artist, sorry, was Dono Sanchez Almara. And the last one was it was a throwback story. Ooh, was it? Was it was a throwback story? With one of my favorite workhorse artists. Yes, and that was uh, so the it was writer was was David Mackline. Oh, was on that page. Yeah, the writer was Where? David Mackline, oh, and the artist was Ron Lim. Uh, Inker was John Livesay, and uh, the colorist was Lee Lowridge. Um, and it was a flashback of Venom. Um, early Venom. Early Venom. So yeah, the first episode we get to see that in issue 150 the symbiote and eddie brock have been reunited and they feel so good well eddie feels so good because he has got his buddy back he's got his lover his his boo his i don't know what to call it if when you read this story and it goes through you know eddie how he got the symbiote a little bit of his life and everything and, and it's basically it's it's a story of of eddie being happy that he finally has the symbiote because it's this psychic link almost it's 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 like this really uh i almost it's sort of like an abusive weird relationship that they have together it's pseudo like they need each other the symbiote needs eddie and eddie needs the symbiote they complete each other did you notice it's his underwear 
yeah, the symbiote became Eddie's underwear. And, and then talks to him. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Eddie, the symbiote talks to Eddie, and the symbiote is so happy to be back with Eddie He's because he's happy to be on his junk. But but he wants to he wants to make Eddie happy, and Eddie doesn't know what he wants. And he doesn't know what happiness is really. He does exactly. He knows he's happy having the symbiote back, but as you read, you really get this weird abusive relationship vibe but they need each other yeah but, but the thing about it is like who is abusing who exactly is eddie abusing the, the 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 uh the symbiote because it makes him feel strong and complete or is the symbiote abusing eddie because he needs him to survive so it's it's this it's well, this and the violence because, and the violence because he eddie doesn't want to kill people yet or does i he? don't i don't want to say i really don't want or to say does he i know that's just it you know that's the thing I mean, because Eddie is out trying to stop thieves and goes a little too far. Yes, but even but even he was just like, I don't know if this is it, it, what I don't know what we're doing. Right, and the, and the symbiote is just like, you know, we should do this. You know, we should. We, we want to be heroes. Yeah, and I want to give this to you. It's this. It's this genie. It's this genie that wants to give him everything. It's like the monkey paw all over again with this with, with the two of them, and it, and their dynamic is just so interesting and Did i just notice, love uh, <clears throat> yeah the, and, and when he's walking around the symbiote becomes his clothing and the symbiote is has like a little patch on his arm and then he gets accosted by the scorpion and the scorpion wants to take back the symbiote and the symbiote and they have a fight some of the best comic book pages trad moore is a fantastic oh layout. my god his layouts are amazing his art is amazing this I mean, is worth it just for the art, let me tell you. So the symbiote defeats Scorpion because Eddie even says to him, uh, as if it would ever leave me for you, and then punches him in the face. So Eddie is defending his, you know, he knows the symbiote is not going to leave. So he doesn't want it to leave anymore. And the, and the, whole, the whole scene <sighs> when he's in the church talking with the priest... And the way the way that it was written sounds because of course the priest he's not gonna tell the priest that look I'm venom I have the symbiote, <laughs> but the way he spoke to him was was about this abusive relationship and about how you know the 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 priest was like I'm here for you that maybe not all these things are good you know can you live without this 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 person and and Eddie's like no I will never live without it I'm so happy that we're together so Eddie's like within his. He, he, he's there, he's in it. And so he's trying to find out, he even says it, I don't know who we are together. And I don't want to ruin the, the last page of this, but... Fantastic, but you guys. But Des brought up a great point. Who did this? Which did this? I really want you guys to pick this book up. If you are a Venom fan, if you've ever been a Venom fan, if you want a good kick-ass story, this would be it. The second story is drawn by the regular series artist. And... I think is a great match because Venom is a big character. Larger than life. Trad Moore draws big characters and the pages and the layouts fit the book. But And I would love to see Trad Moore on Venom. I would read every issue if he was the artist on it. But Sandoval, how do you, I say Sandoval, how do you say it? Sandoval. Uh, Sandoval, he does a great Venom because he draws... Uh, the monster, and I think that is really cool. The second story, I didn't personally understand where the hell it fit. I think it fit in 
I think this is how he got dislodged from Ed, uh, from Flash Thompson. From Flash Thompson. Yeah. And I understand why they they wanted Treadmore's story to be first because it is Venom 150 and it's about what's going to happen. The second story just needed a little bit of editorial help, just telling us whens and whys, um, but was really cool. And like we said, the third story, it's Ron Lim, and Ron Lim has been around since I remember reading comic books, drawing Silver Surfer, and it was just nice to see his art. His art is clean. It is traditional comic book, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. And it was great seeing the old way they used to do Venom as opposed to the new crazy panels. It used to just wash over his face. And now not so much. Yeah. It's like, it like it envelops him it's, the way, the way, uh, more draws it. It was amazing. I'll tell you, I'm actually thinking about picking up 151 now to see where it goes. I mean, I, I am sad that more is not on it regularly because I think that he would knock it out of the park as a regular artist, but like I'm really thinking about picking this up because I want to I want to see what's happening. Like, is Flash Thompson going to track down the symbiote? Is there going to be this weird triangle between the the three of them? Yeah, because on who gets the these? symbiote? Really, Flash and the symbiote from all their issues, they were together because Flash respected the symbiote and allowed him as well to do things. They worked together. Remember, Flash lost his legs. That's mm. how he walked. So. It's really interesting reading this book after reading the adventures of how Flash was doing mm -hmm. it because of this love-hate relationship that Brock has. I agree. I, great book. If you like Venom, pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. The next book uh, we're going to read is a new book from uh, uh, the publisher Aftershock. Uh, Aftershock. It is called The... Normals. The Normals. And it was written by Adam Glass. Uh, the artist was Dennis Carrillo. Uh, colorist, Calero. Calero, thank you. Artist, uh, sorry, uh, colorist was Andriano Augusto. And the letter was Coy Breen. So, this story is... Hated uh, it. <laughs> this story is about a family. You know, uh, a, 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 a literally an atomic family. Man, wife... Uh, daughter son. and son. Probably and got a dog somewhere we didn't see. They have a dog. Up, oh, see, got a dog. There was a dog in there. Yeah, there was a dog. When he came in, the dog was like woof woof, and he's like, "It's just me," you know. That's how um, much I didn't care about this book. Yep. So but let me start off by saying I love Aftershock. They put out some great books. Adam Glass wrote something, I think, and Dennis Calero was. Didn't he pencil X Factor? I think he did. At least one or two issues. I think so. His art was not this bad. Moving along, um, so basically, what what it turns out is this family. Uh, Something goes wrong with their son of normals. Well, he falls out of a tree, a yeah. treehouse. The 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 son, the, the it's all told by the father's point of view. The father's talking about it. He keep referring to the um, once in a lifetime song by uh, once in a life. Oh, we can't do that from <laughs> from Talking Heads. <laughs> In which they're like, you know, how did I get here? Same as it ever was. And he's talking about how his life and, and how his life got there. And it starts with him laying in a in a ditch, bleeding out. And so he's like, and so he's remembering the last 48 hours leading up to this this 48 days of him being stuck in a rock, probably going to have to chew his arm off. Anyway. Um, I'd read that. <laughs> that was a movie. Uh, 
James Harden, James Franco. Oh. <laughs> and it's 48 hours. Anyway, anyway, um, so they are, he's coming home, he's doing some stuff. His son falls out of a tree and he sees this, like, what it seems to be circuitry coming out of the back of his head. And he's like, what the hell? I don't know what's going on. And so he talks to his wife and his wife is like, I don't understand what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And so when the boy is asleep, they go in and they see this weird little glowing symbol in the back of his head. So they freak out. They're like, we're out of here. Let's go. Smartest white people I know. Because you know white people be all like, no, dear, let's just hold on. You know, <laughs> you know it's, it's like the house is haunted. Is it really? It's like, no, they, they, they got the fuck up out of there. That's what I liked about it. Oh, my it. God, 13 Ghosts with Radiga. And she's like, why are we here? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So that's what I respect about these white people. They were like, shit's about to go down. We got to get out of We got to get out of here. They literally did that. I loved it. They, they basically got up and they got out the house. So they leave, they're leaving and they go back to their family's house. And so... They go back to, to their family's house and they go to this they go to this place and they're like, hey, so and it was a diner and they're like, hey, so and so, you know, and he's like, I don't know who you are. And so they're like, what's going on? And then they kind of find out that shit's kind of weird. Isn't Is that it? what happened? Yeah. And so they and then they go to the they they run into their the pediatrician who who gave birth to the two children and Doctor Gordon. Yeah, the doctor's like, hey, what's going on? How are you? You know, <laughs> and then the doctor leaves freaks out and they stop him and then, and then the last page the parlor scene is the last page he which, says wait but the panel before says wait you're trying to tell me my son is a robot no jack you're all robots and i was like oh jesus well, but that was the thing it's like like they literally told you everything in the first episode. i don't need to read the next issue the first issue okay well well, well obviously the corporation, quote unquote, that created them knows that they have malfunctioned and they know what's going on. So now it becomes this the story of like, we're going to chase them now in order to get our defective property uh-huh. in order to get them to find out what's uh-huh. going on. Like, the that's story what I believe it is. you just told is more interesting than what I read. Well, it's just the first issue. It's uh, set up. They're setting it up. It was ugly. It didn't make sense. It was... It no. made perfect sense. And they uh, told you what it was about in the last two pages. I mean... I know. That part did. It, just, it was, I mean, it it was just, dumb. Okay, I didn't like it. I, I get to... I, I'll admit the art seemed a little, you know, wonky in certain places. It wasn't, you know, the best representation it could have done. I mean, the story itself, we've heard a dozen you times. You are so sweet trying to just give this thing... Oh, no, no. The, sto- the, the story... <laughs> we, we've read the story before a million times, you know... You know, crazy AI finds out it's 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 not it's not a uh, Human, real person, and yeah. so now they have to go on and see what's going. On. So if we've seen it yeah. a bunch of times, I was wondering what's going to be different about this. But do, was there enough for me to 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 follow through? And I don't think I don't think so. I think the reason why that honestly, last page gave it all away. Well, why not, do I need to no, read not anything? That, not that you know, I'm willing to. Sometimes I'm willing to to, to follow through to see exactly what's going to happen in a story, because again, the story's been done. But what new, what new territory can they breach? Can they go to? Mm. And, and that's what I'm thinking to myself. Is this story worth it? This iteration of this time-honored tale worth it? And I think the problem with it, and this is where the art comes in. Had the art been a little bit better, actually a lot better, I probably, <laughs> and I'm trying to be hard. I say, I'm not trying like, to be, don't be mean, and I'm now tr- you're like, just I'm tell tr- it how it is, okay? It wasn't very good. And I'm thinking, had the art been better, I probably would have stayed on. Because I like... Really? I like stories like that. I like stories about, you know, you know AI fighting. Okay, what if that last page, the doctor hadn't said anything and they cut it off? You're telling me my son is a robot. 
And that's how they ended it. Oh no no! It would have it would have I would have definitely known. I mean, it's very easy to to figure out that they were all robots. Well, yeah, because I mean, they show you the symbol and everyone's... Yeah, and, and and no one, but no one remembers them. Like when they go to their hometown, it's like, come on, okay, they're all fucking robots. Like I get that, you know. And, but again, were these real people? Like if the story, exactly. it, how many of them? How many of them were 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 actors or stuff like that? It, it makes me think in my head that all of their all of their all of their memories had been implanted into these into these robots because they said this person hasn't lived here in over 30 years meaning these people were probably older people that have died and, and they've turned them into robots you know possibly i'll order you the second issue but but again again but that's the problem though <laughs> that mystery is there had the arc been better I probably would have stayed on just to see what's going on, to see what the mystery is. But now, because because the art for me was lacking, I don't really feel invested. And that's where, and I want everyone to listen. That's where a, a, a an artist can either help or hurt a story. Oh yeah, you know, just like just like a writer can help or hurt a story. Because I can see some, I see some bomb ass art, and I'm like, wow, this is really good. But the story is lacking. I don't want to to continue. Hey, the next issue we're gonna review. This is weird. Boom. Okay. okay. <laughs> On that note, we're going to move into the next two issues. We're going we're gonna to talk to that them. That was so funny. About, we're going to talk about them simultaneously. But we're going to talk about art that I love, but I don't give a rat's ass about the story. So we got all new Guardians of the Galaxy, number one and two. The writer was Jerry Duggan. Artist Aaron Cooter. Color artist Ivy Savortina. I love saying that last name. Cooter. Cooter. Crazy cooter. Lettering VCs Corey Pettit and the logo and design. Again, we're giving logo and designs now to Manny Medeiros. And looking at the two-page splash page of the introduction makes me think of the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. They're definitely going for that. I mean, this... Come on. The movie just came out. We got a new number one and number two. Baby I mean, Groot. Baby Groot. It looks, it looks like it's... It really did. It looks like it's popping out of the screen. So I love Aaron Cooter's art so much. He was one of the artists, was supposed to be the main artist of, the hell was it called? Death of, Death X. of X. That didn't work out so well. He um, did like two issues. I didn't, and that was the thing. Like, I, it, it, I was, didn't, His art wasn't... I don't know. I, the, art, the art didn't stick with me. Uh, so, uh. so on this one, I was very taken aback because like you, I enjoyed the art. I did. I really liked it. Um, I thought it was very inspired in spots. Um, I think that in the first... So the first issue... Uh, it's Galactus, and there's a two-page splash of Galactus with Kirby Crackle, ominous in the sky. It is beautiful. But Fucking beautiful. I guess the people on this planet didn't realize that he's the life giver now. Exactly. So that was kind of funny. So people you don't turn read the their page. galactic newspapers. Nope. You turn the page, and there's Galactus's head opening. And I was like, this is gorgeous. His Drax is big and imposing. His Gamora is, you know. Sleek and sexy. Yes. And his, his raccoon his looks amazing. Star Lord is hot with the beard. I have to say, yeah, Peter Quill with the beard. I was like, all right, he's Peter, hot. Like you're 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 serving, you're serving me some beard, and I love it. I the art throughout this whole thing is an A for me. Where the story comes in, you're killing me. is where he and I disagree. You're killing me. Come I, on, look at this. Look at this ginormous fucking goldfish that I eats them. I said it's beautiful. The giant goldfish that eats them, and they're inside the Grandmaster. The Grandmaster lives in a giant space goldfish. What the fuck is that about? Come on. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The and whole the, book and, is and the, beautiful. And it's fantastic that, that 
that he was able to draw that and, and that Duggan thought of that. Come on. Oh, I agree. Duggan was the one that gave him those ideas to draw that. I'm not disagreeing anything But about you said that. you don't really like the story. I don't because, A, I, I think the whole Grandmaster Collector already happened on the cartoon, for one. <laughs> B, I get it. You're trying to show people what's going to happen in Thor. So we're all ready for Thor coming. In a couple months, let's use these characters again. Do you think that's Do you think that's the main reason why they're I doing do. It? I mean, in three months, is it three months? Uh, November, was, four yeah, months. Yeah, four months. Four months. May, so June, July, August, September, October. Oh, or well, six months. Six months. Well, by the time this is collected. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. By the time it's collected, it'll, the movie will be out. You're the right. The point is, the collector hit was in... Wait, yes, the collector has been in Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Grandmaster will be seen, played by... Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum in Thor. Correct. Ragnarok. Yeah. So... But I like it. It's a game. It they, is a like, game. They, like, the, the first issue, they stole something for the for the Grandmaster. And then they find out that they were double-crossed because the Collector wants them to... The Grandmaster wants them to steal something from the Collector. And so... But they already did an affront to the Collector because the thing they stole from the Grandmaster was actually scheduled to go to the collector which i thought was amazing so now there's now they're blackmailed into going into going to, to steal the thing from the collector and the whole scene about trying to get into the collector and having to go into this rare species and and there was and they were they went in as a trojan horse the trojan horse was them being inside the dog's poop or the the weird space animal dog things crap fantastic it was amazing. I, I thought it was fun, and and then and then being in the being in there and fighting, and then Drax is now a a pacifist, a pacifist and, and and Gamora is like something. super killer thing, and then the whole issue, the the whole subplot. We finally get a fucking subplot in this, in which in which the reason why Groot is still a baby is because his strength is being pulled away because there's multiple Groots being being harvested on a planet, with, right. and we don't know who we that don't know guy who yet, though. Like it's just there's a lot of shit to unpack that's fun and then and then and then when cruder drew that picture of them trying to get out of the the um the collector's um the the collector's uh pocket dimension or whatever and he's they're standing on his fingertip i thought was that was genius it's like i i just love the the weird space fun times they're having and then, and then drax is like when the guy he tells the guy on the stairs, don't shoot me, don't attack. And the guy shoots him and it ricochets off and kills him. He's like, I don't, I'm not taking responsibility for your death. You killed yourself. Oh, don't get me wrong. There's some great points. Like, this is, I it's don't, so much fun. It it's is, a fun story. I don't want my guardians to be thieves. <sighs> That's the main thing. Yeah, they're not always going to be thieves. This is one thing. They were taking a job. They needed uh, some money. I think that is where the cartoon no longer, and the movie really do a good job. In the movie, they're not, the raccoon is the thief. And that makes total sense because raccoons are nasty little creatures. That's a, that's a species as comment, sir. <laughs> Have you ever seen a live raccoon up close? Yes. Ken They're nasty I, animals. Ken and, I, Ken and I almost got attacked by one, yes. Really? Uh, yeah, when? A long time ago when we were living together. Did y'all scream? I didn't tell you about that. We, we, so in the back, we lived in the back of this building. It was me, Ken, and Paul. And Ken and I were coming back, and we have to walk down this long hallway. And the hallway is dark. And when you walk by it, in the hallway, there's this little alcove where the trash cans are. And we there's no lights. And so when we come inside, the the, the it's, a, it's, it's a walkway by the side of the house. On the right side of the They're house. They're going to fast forward. Hurry so, your story up. So we turn on the lights, and we're walking. And I'm behind Ken. And Did Ken scream? 
We both screamed. Uh, we were like, it was hilarious. We're walking. We hear this like scratching sound. We look and there's this fucking raccoon. And it's like, Aah! and we went, uh-huh. and it fucking scrambles away up into this doorway into the garage. They're nasty we creatures. We ran for it. And we were like, what the fuck? Yeah, Ken drew a picture of it. it, it you should go look on it and check it out. It's, it's amazing. So, so I think him being a thief is good. That's why in the movie, the reason the Spoiler alert, people, like the rest of our show was in spoiler alerts. The whole reason the gold people want to go is because he stole something. I personally don't think the rest of them are thieves. Drax has never been a thief. None of them are thieves, No, they're se. taking a job. They're doing something for somebody. I don't, that was I don't my think biggest problem. Is, I don't think it's the crux of who they are, though. They're going to be the Guardians. They're going to end up doing some really cool shit. I hope, because they're called the Guardians of the Galaxy, not the Thieves of the Galaxy. That's fine. But I got to say, it was so... just It was eyeballgasms. It was so beautiful to look at. Um, there, there was one other scene that I really enjoyed from the... Uh, which I thought was really cool from the second episode was, oh, where was it? Anyway, I'll, we, we can come back to it, but there was another scene that, that Duggan was putting them through their paces. And I just was really, I thought it was, oh, the fucking Mojo verse. They, ta- they actually, they actually talked about Mojo. Finally. And that's how they were able to find where the collector's place was because Mojo was sitting there broadcasting it because he put, he put his, those eyes in someone's television. Someone. And I thought that was really cool. I don't remember if it's blue or gold, but we're going to be going to the Mojo verse. Thank you. I don't remember which, which color it's in. Whenever, whenever a writer references something from classic Marvel or classic X-Men or something that, that, that is, known throughout well, continuity it also shows it sh- a universe shared it shows universe. it shows a shared universe and it shows that for me it shows that these writers care about the source material they care about the continuity they care about the the characters that they're writing if you're able to to, to throw a, a throwaway reference like that mm-hmm. thank you so much for doing that Doug. i agree thank you and i think we could sit and talk a whole hour about the direction marvel needs to go to bring readers back to the fold. And one of them is what you just said. Show it's a shared universe. Stop with the, were the Avengers books here? Were the X books here? Wherever the fuck the Fantastic Four are. Show it's a shared universe. And through little things in a Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a space book, referencing the Mojoverse, which is an X book. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. So the next book we're going to do is a new number one. Oh, and by the way, I just want to say, if you go to, uh, if you're in San Francisco and you're listening to this and you're interested in the Guardians of the Galaxy, we are having a special right now. There's a couple copies left. We are giving away the number two with the number one. So when you buy one comic, you get the number two free. So uh, Rapture from Valiant Comics is our next book. It is written by... The story is Matt, Kint, and Cafu. Art did... Oh, my God. Sorry. They're m- mixing things. Story is Matt, Kint. The artist, Cafu. Colors is Andrew Dollhouse. Letters, Dave Sharp. Sorry about that, people. Um, I had no clue what was going on in this book. Luckily, on the first page, they give you a little headshot, the name, and who the fuck these people are, because... I don't follow Ninjak or Shadow Man. 
I had no clue. I'm like, well, if you were a valiant reader like I am, I then read you would, EXO. I do then not. You would know what's <laughs> going on. I, I like, read all Sh- of these characters. Shadow Man's not called on. Shadow Man. He's not Magpie with a really cool look to him. But the whole gist is this girl you are who's stabbing a, my heart. You're stabbing me in the heart. Why? I'm about to say something nice. I love Matt Kim. He's a fantastic writer. I read most of all stuff that he has written. Fantastic uh, writer. Definitely go and check out his stuff, people. Well, this is about a little girl named Tama who could talk to the earth. She is a geomancer. And she was she... sent back in time with with the book. I can't remember the name of the book, but it basically tells the future in a very vague way. So she knows how, how things are going to play out. She's sort of like, um, what's her name from X Factor? Layla. Yeah, I she's know sort things. of like Layla who knows things. But, but her that's book not is, how it was at the end. But yeah. yeah. But she has she has a book in various things. And, and it's like she's how a, she re- I like, it's like how she deals with stuff. So she's a very kind character, which yeah. is really weird for a comic book. She's a kind-hearted person. Yeah. She wants to help these monsters and creatures well, and she doesn't the, want to kill they're in the things. Deadlands. And the Deadlands is, is is the alternate version of the Live Lands, which is where, what which is what Earth is. And so where spirits go and it's a whole another reality and realm that that is a mirror of of the the, the live world. And like there's this 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 girl with a pink mohawk and she's yes. a punk mambo is her and name. And she is a sorceress and she and the Loa are these voodoo are um, otherworldly entities who are residents of the dark, the deadlands. And so they can, they can join with them and then use their powers. So that's another way they can get to um, be, be powerful. And that's why uh, everyone who is from the deadlands has usually a Loa. So um, Shadow Man has a Loa, Punk Mambo, Mambo has a Loa, um, Ninjak does not. Um, but yeah, so it's about this war that's coming as the Tower of Babel and Babel is a guy. Is a guy and he is and he is building his tower again in order to breach uh to breach uh into the the live world with the dead world that way he he can raise havoc. And so um Magpie who is Shadow Man was um bound to Mr. Dark who was a uh uh, a powerful sorceress of the Deadlands, and so he was bound to the Loa that that was making him having to go and call get back all of Mister Dark's stuff because Mister Dark he died and all the shit was stolen and the Magpie has to go get it. But he was released from that, and so he doesn't want to go back. But of course, and then she says, "If you don't go, it's pointless." And he's yeah. like, "I guess I'll go." Yeah, and, and then, then I was like, well, "That sucks." Uh, Punk Mambo teleports them all, and there they are to be continued. And I was like. This is kind of cool. And yeah. I like so Cafu's art is Fantastic. very straight up superhero uh art. It's not flashy, it's not dull. It's strong. It yeah, his character, his line work, there's straight panels, there's four to five on a page. It is it I feel like out of the books we read, we read a lot of books. This is straight up comic book like mm-hmm. uh almost like in the 80s the old valiant stuff in the 80s used to be it was it was it's a story that is presented front to back clean lines human looking people it's very i'm really interested in this oh yeah and we didn't talk about it because uh we didn't have the show last week and we apologize we meant to come back Sovereigns, we talked about zero before we took our break. Sovereigns number one came out last week, 
And I want to say the same exact things about that book. It's by Dynamite. I love it. I don't know these characters anymore. It's new. Well, it's Turok, Magnus Robot Fighter, Dr. Spectre, and Solar. And there's two versions uh, in the book. It is clean lines. It is traditional artwork. And it makes me happy to read it because the story is so engaging. Yeah. And unlike a Mar- and I love my Marvel DC, don't get me wrong, but these independent books are bringing... Bringing the heat. Y'all they, need a... You're sleeping on it. It's, if you're not... It's bringing at- stuff you want out of the big two yeah. that you're not getting. And you don't have to worry. I didn't know who any of these characters were, and I loved this issue. I just was like, I'm going to really... I can't wait to read yeah. the second issue. Valiant, Dynamite, all these other, you know, quote unquote, second tier publishers, you know, are bringing stuff. They're bringing really good stuff. You don't have to, if you, if you want to find something new within the superhero realm, people are serving it to you. You just have to be willing to, willing to pay the money and open your minds to, to this new stuff. Right. There are, there's so the, much more out there than just Marvel and DC. And they're not the characters you, like I get people, I only want to read and then fill in the blank. But sometimes you're not getting what you want, so you gotta go elsewhere, it, and it's just as good. It's just as good, you guys. I swear we are we are not shitting you when we say it is just as good. And, and you all know, y'all know, I speak my mind when I don't like something. Like mm. I, unlike another person, <laughs> I will not beat around the bush. If I hate something, like this next book, I'm gonna tell you don't I hate talk, something. Don't talk like that about <laughs> the pups. They love it. So the next book we're gonna read, and this guy—I still can't believe you didn't like this book. This like, guy, I really don't. I, I'm curious. We see, like, we haven't talked about we haven't talked about uh, a lot of our books. Sometimes we'll talk about books, and we'll and we'll talk about like why we liked and what we didn't like. And sometimes we say no because we want to be surprised. So, so some of these reactions you're getting from us is really like they're real because we haven't talked about it. And the next book we're gonna talk about is Destroyer, and we purposely did not talk about it. Because he said he didn't like it, and I liked it. So I'm really curious to hear why he didn't like it. You're going to go first, because I went first last time. Oh, my so, God. Really? I I got to say. I, lo- I love I destroying say, your arguments, I though. can't wait until your next comic book comes out. Your solo comic book. Because I want your name right on the top. Who the fuck puts their name at the top? No one knows who you are, motherfucker. Ew, wow. I what balls, you. okay? So, Victor Lavelle's Destroyer. I put this under D, and it's not V. It's Destroyer is the well, book. Destroyer's the name of the title. Created by Victor Lavelle. And if that's not enough, here's his name third time, written by Victor Lavelle. Maybe he can get his name on this cover some more. So, illustrated by Dietrich Smith, colored by Joanna Lafluente. Is that any relation to the other ones? Uh, it could be. I don't know. And then lettered by Jim Campbell. Um, so it's all about Frankenstein. And the first 18 pages, maybe 19 pages, is all about this Frankenstein killing people. Yeah, the original original Dr. Frankenstein's monster is alive, and he is living in Antarctica. It is not a... It is, it is not a it is not a, um, it's a not fictional the, story. It's not the it Frankenstein is, like you're thinking with the plugs, and this is something totally different. Well, it's the, it's that same Frankenstein's monster. When Frankenstein died, his monster escaped. So in this within this world, Frankenstein is it, actually alive, and and it has gone down in history as a as a folk tale told by people about his. Um, uh, his 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 monster because the monster basically went out and away from humanity, did not like humanity, and has and has stopped. 
basically. You know, fucking with humanity. So lives in Antarctica. Well, on an iceberg. On an iceberg. He basically the 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 first page is him, Frankenstein's monster, the monster, living, in, basically standing or sitting sitting on the top of an iceberg, and then he sees these whales being attacked by Japanese whalers. So he dives in and he's swimming with the whales, and then he freaks out and he comes up and he destroys, he kills the the Pretty Japanese people. Japanese people and then you know these I guess these Greenpeace people who are trying to boycott them shows up and then he swims over to them and I think he's getting ready to kill them but they're like telling him no no we're cool we're cool yeah so this girl that that is telling him all about what's going on that don't matter well because he she basically was trying to keep him up because I guess everyone and their mother you know, realizes that he's Frankenstein or or is not shocked that Frankenstein's monster is still alive or, or whatever. That's the thing I can, did, didn't really buy. It's like, you should be really kind of scared. That this, Everybody this on the ship monster. should have ran. You know? After what you just saw this dude do to these people, and now you're like, no, come on. Let's have some lunch. Let me show you the place. Well, maybe not. I mean, oh, they are white folks. Stupid. Maybe they thought that, like, you know, we can rehabilitate him. We can help. They're, maybe they thought they were his friends. They, they were his friends. Because, because they destroyed the other people. Yeah, and, like, they thought that they're fighting against a common enemy. If you've never heard of this person, that argument might work. Well, I don't know. Anyway. That was so, the first place. I was like, this is stupid. So so the Frankenstein monster, the woman is, is basically showing... The Frankenstein's monster, everything. It's sort of like uh, the Fifth Element. Literally, no. It's sort of like the Fifth Element when when Lilu was watching, learning about all the stuff that has happened while she was been gone. This is literally what the monster is doing. The monster is learning about all the stuff that's happened. See, I thought it was going to be, I thought it was like, here, welcome to the new dorm. Let me show everything. Here, plug yourself in. Oh, why are you watching that? No, no, no. She basically showed him... I just like it because these white people were so happy and they were so friendly. I was they like, they were so stupid. They were like, damn, it definitely was not a horror movie. Anyway, so uh, so he basically kills all die. He kills everybody. He kills fucking everybody. And so and then I guess the secret super secret agency is is tapped to cho- to go and find this the last surviving relative of Doctor Frankenstein who happens to be a black woman and she's a super scientist. And then of course she says like you went to everyone's table except for mine. You know, and they were like, well, we don't know what you look like. And so we were asking for you. And so, of course, she was just like, you know, why would you talk to me? Because I'm a black woman. So I was like, okay. You know. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah, she kind of needles him about that. Stopped reading. She kind of needles him about that. But she has like a, she has like a self-driving car, a self, uh, a, a, talks to her. And then the, and then the sun, I guess the sun is like her Friday because the sun is dead. The, I didn't read this page, this page, this page. The sun this is, page. yeah, that's what happens. They're looking for her. <laughs> so, so we see these flashback pictures of the mom because she's like, the, the, the guys are like, Hey, we need you to come back because this monster's on a rampage. We need you to stop it. And she's like, no, she's working on her own thing. And then as she's driving home, this computer is talking to her. And through the course of the conversation, you realize that the computer is, is, a brain scan or a brain program of her dead son. And she has been trying to use her, her dead relatives um, recipe in order to, well, she hasn't, she's actually been using science in order to, uh, uh, I guess, good science, quote unquote, to, to rebuild her son. And so now she decides because this monster is actually alive and it was not a a fairy tale. She's going to use some of uh, Victor von Frankenstein's, uh techniques in order to bring her son back 
And then things is most likely going to culminate with her son fighting the original Frankenstein. I mean, that's sort of where it looks like the story is going to. It's a one through six miniseries. Now, I enjoyed it because I really liked the art. And I, and I like that, that it is a fresh tale, a fresher tale on an, on an old story. Oh, look, his name has to show up again. I love when they redo stories, when people redo stories and put a modern spin on it. I love when people, that's why I loved Fables so much by Bill Willingham, when he was able to take these old stories and bring new life into them. So I enjoy this. And I, and I love that it, is a, it, it has a bit of a social message to it. But what I was shocked about was the social message wasn't as, as big as, as I expected it to be. Yeah, you went into this thinking it was going to be a what you call it? A well, social... a really a really hardcore social justice warrior kind of book, and it really isn't. Like it's much more grounded in in science fiction and um and comic book quote unquote than, than I had expected. I mean, there was yes, there were a few little things that were brought up around around sexism and, and colorism and you know stuff like that, but but it, it wasn't the focal point of the book, and I and I liked that. It was still a comic book. Here's where um, we're gonna argue. Uh, feel free. I, I that's so, why I enjoyed the book. I, I thought it was interesting. I I liked the art. The art was a, was 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 a really good selling point for me. It was solid. It wasn't but, great. But that was the thing that we were talking about with the normals. You know, for this, I believe that if the story was lacking, I would continue with it because I I liked the artwork. I thought the pictures of the sun, the I, eyes of the sun, and everything. Like I thought the artwork was really strong from the last. I would say seven or eight pages, I wish was first. So here's my problem with this book. And and it's stupid, and you're going to argue with me. But uh, th honestly, this is why I was looking forward to reading this book. Because of the cover, because of what they talk about, because reading the solicits going into it, I was like, this is really cool. The cover shows the boy. Okay. My problem is that it started off with the monster taking up the majority of the book. We don't even see the boy. Even at the end, we don't even see the boy. Well, we'll see a shadow. I know. Either reveal, which you've already revealed, I just feel like had the last nine pages been first and there was a transition page or something... I just feel like for me, I was reading it, and I gotta be honest, I was reading this, and I'm like, okay, the like, okay, the first half of it was very generic monster to me, which we read, what was the book we read about generic monsters? We were confused. Arno Dracula? Yeah, that was, uh, probably. That was, reading that, where... They tried to do the mystery. Remember, it was like they tried to do this thing. For here, for me, this is just for me. Once I got to the murder page, I was like, I didn't even know he crawled up. Once I got to this page and I was like, I don't care. So all I did then was flip because at this point, what I'm expecting was not there. And as I'm reading, and I didn't read any of this, don't even, I still don't know what, you told me what it said. But I noticed... What is going on? Like, for the strongest artwork of the book was her and her son. Because that, the way it was, the pages, or the way the panels were laid out, especially on the reveal page of this, made me question what's going on. Because 
the word bubbles and what's happening did not match the pictures. And I loved that. I thought that was great because the words coming out of the boy's mouth, you were like, what the hell? And it says, welcome home. So you got in these two pages what I wish was first. This, I loved this. And then to turn the page and you were like, okay. And then, you know, the whole thing, I don't remember anything past eight years old. I was really interested. I did not need the first however many pages of this book at all. Did not like them. Did not care. It was the the part with the boy that really got me. So it was the pacing that you did like. Uh, again, yeah. And the art in the beginning, it was it was doable. But I really, like you said, I think the pages with the boy and the son, or the, the mother and the son, worked the best for me. And... I'm on the fence. I'll be honest. I'm really on the fence about reading the number two because I don't know what to expect and I don't want to waste my time. Okay. And so then... I don't want to read something and be like, well, I shouldn't have read that. That's why, honestly, if you love the book, and I know there's people that love Arno Dracula, whatever it was called. Well, I, I wouldn't had, say I loved it. I had I no had... interest in reading the second issue. Well, I don't want to say I loved this book. I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed what I was reading, I thought the pacing was fine. You know, he, he's revealing, he was revealing the big, the big bad of the story, you know, and then it was a slow build. Now, how pissed are you going to be if by six he's not the big bad? Oh, I wouldn't be pissed about that. I'd be interesting if, if the story moves forward and, and there is a, and there is a twist, I'd actually be happy because at this point it seems like it's a pretty by the numbers kind of story. Exactly. Um, but we have, we have five more issues, so yeah. hopefully something comes out of it. Yeah, and I'm and I'm hopeful. Like I, I am hopeful. I, I was disapp- I think the main thing I was disappointed when after I was reading done reading this, I was like, I, I guess I expected more. No, and that's true. I mean, expectations being what they are, you know, this book was heavily hyped and in, in, in previews and 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 everywhere else. So I mean, you know, I I, I thought it was fine. You know, I thought it was a passable issue. I loved the, the the back when they were when, when they were showing a lot of the. Um, I want to see more. I know, know we have to wait, but I just I just. And the interview with him, I'm like it was it was interesting. So we'll see. Okay, well everything. Oh, wait, you. I want to say one more thing. So Rich has we, something else to say. Oh my god, say, uh, you didn't read it. And you have no interest in. But we, I don't know if you even read Jean Grey number one. I did not. I hated Jean Grey number one. I got to be what? honest. I hated it. It was directionless and pointless, and she's fighting the Wrecking Crew, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> the Wrecking Crew? Yes. But, oh my god, that number two fucking blew me away. I really loved the second issue of Jean Grey. It, it is a purpose. I, I hope every issue isn't her... Well, I know leading up to, she's trying to figure out about the Phoenix Force, and... The second issue, she talked to people that formerly had it. She's trying to understand it. Which was hinted to in the last issue of Thor. Of Thor with fucking... Quentin Quire. Who... So, I love to hate Quentin Quire. I, when certain people write him, he's brilliant. When other people write him, you just want to punch his lights out. But the what he did and the way he talked honestly to Gene and what... He what Gene saw in his mind versus what Colossus saw, it was a great character issue. 
it was something I find lacking in a lot of Marvel books is character progression. Anything that deals, you know, the first issue was her punching people out and whatever, but the second issue was a focused issue. So if you like Jean Grey, if you're on the fence about Jean Grey, try it. Try the one and the two. Uh, we get Cable next week. We get Generation X, which we're going to review the one and the two of Generation X since it came out twice this month. You'll get that on our next episode. Um, You're also going to get a Secret uh, Secret we're, Empire. We're finally going to uh, be talking one about one, zero, one, two, and 3 is what we're going to be talking yeah. about. We're also um, going to talk about the finale of the Lazarus Contract. Um, I am loving DC right now. I can't wait to talk more. Uh, Action Comics has been great. Superman has been great. We've been gone for four weeks, three weeks, and there's been a lot of great books coming out, and we can't wait to talk to you about more of them. Uh, yeah, so definitely stay tuned. So, want to give a special shout-out to our sponsors. First sponsor is Gene Gelmet of RLTPress.com. He's also an artist on Comic Book Resources' column, The Line It Is Drawn. You can definitely check his stuff out on either one of those sites. Also, Gene did a lovely new uh, banner ad for us in which Rich oh. is trying to kill me, but he can't because... I have my my what is it my my deflector bracelets of, so of steel. It, not to spoil it, you'll see it, but it is a a little tribute to both the Wonder Woman movie that's coming out and to Secret Empire, which is Marvel's big summer event. We kind of combined it, the two of them, and uh, I'm gonna kill you one of these days, motherfucker. I doubt it. Thank you, Gene. Uh, <laughs> Want to give another. Another, and also a shout out to uh, Terry Miller, who oh, is the she... mistress of the mixed board. She's the one who does all of the fantastic uh, sounds you hear at the beginning and the end of the show. She's back on her feet. She is. Glad to, glad to hear that you are doing better, Terry. Love you from both of us. And a special, special shout out to our main sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street in San Francisco, located between 18th and 19th Street. Check us out on the web under whateverstoreonline.com and go to our Facebook page under whatever store. Give us a like. We're always posting stuff daily, news, comic books that are coming out. And then don't forget to head to the Geek Chat on Facebook and give us a like as well. Also want to give you a quick note that I have started another podcast with two of my friends. Traitor. Traitor. But it's, Cheating on me. But it is a oh, video game Lord. podcast called Gaming Vessels. You can also check that out on SoundCloud. It is called Gaming Vessels. We've done two episodes. So if you like video games, come and check it out. That's uh, another reason why we were not... He was cheating on me. Yes. With always. another podcast. Sorry. You know, I just, I, I got to get it somewhere. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Geek Shack. Geek Shack. Geek Shack. Geek Shack.